In the 1970s, a future top-notch podcasting team was born, and then raised on military bases because their dads were in the Air Force. These Gen Xers eventually grew up and were unleashed upon the world. Today, looking forward to retirement, they survive by dishing out their opinions. If you have questions that need answers and an open mind, if you can spare 60 minutes a week, and if you have internet access, maybe you can listen to Kenyatta and Jack Save the World. Listening friends, welcome back. Welcome back. We hope you enjoy part one of our big old huge history of hip-hop extravaganza. And we're glad you were back for part two. We're going to delve in and get a little bit more personal about what the experience of hip-hop has meant to each of us. And I venture to say I don't have as many personal stories, but I do have personal recollections of what things mean to me. But I'll turn it over to start out this part or this second half of our discussion. I'll turn it over to our guest, Tim. Let him dive into any personal relevant stories he has about uh, a song, an artist, or any anything relevant to, to hip-hop and what it means to him. Tim, what yes. do you got? Well, I love hip-hop. That's all I can say. And uh, it's crazy because I was, I can't say I would, I helped create some of the stuff, but I was around a lot of the stuff that was brewing, not early on in the 80s, but at least the early to mid 90s with, um, I never forget, I was working with Boys to Men at the time. I was living in, in Pennsylvania. Yeah, Gladwin, Pennsylvania, something like that. And my friend who used to be a rapper in North Carolina, and we uh, and I was in an R&B group, his name is Ski. He used to rap. He became a producer, and he ended up in New York. And this girl I was seeing at the time, she used to take pictures for the Source magazine, and um, which is a hip-hop magazine, by the way, that um, a lot of people would get, this, rappers would get discovered. And um, she was in New York one time. She called me. She said, I met this guy. I said that um, he probably knows you by your name, blah, blah, blah. Tim Bird, his name is Ski. I said, Ski? Oh, yeah. We started out together in North Carolina. So I would go up to visit him in New York, take the Peter Pan bus, and he would actually take me around New York to all the studios. At this time, these studios weren't like built for hip hop rap, um, hip hop production or anything like that. You can tell they were grimy. It's like D&D Studios and a couple of other studios. So he brought me to this one session. And um, listening to the music, blah, blah, blah. This tall guy walks in, blah, 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 gets behind the mic, spitting something. He's rapping and all that. I don't know who it is. And he gets out and he ends up leaving. And I was like, yo, who's that? He said, oh, yes, uh, my man, new dude, his name's Jay-Z. And he was trying to explain to me how dope Jay-Z was. At that time, I'm a, I'm a pop R&B producer. So I didn't understand. I never understood who was the next great guy that was going to come out. I knew it was good that was there. So I was there when Jay-Z, part of him doing his first album, Reasonable Doubt. That's cool. That was, yeah, that was a great experience. He introduced me to Big Daddy Kane, um, all these people hanging out. And it, it just changed my life. It really did. Just oh, being wow. around that element. Nice. Yep. That's funny that you mentioned Big Daddy Kane because if I can segue into my own personal, um, not experience, but it just is one of those things. It, it pertains to me, I, I guess, because I'm a woman, as you probably observed. Mm-hmm. And there was there used to didn't be a whole lot of room for rappers that appealed to women. It was always about being being men, being masculine, who who could do better than the next guy. 
Right. And then there, there was a string of time that rappers were like, there's a whole other segment out here that also likes rap. Maybe we should do something to appeal to them. And then now we've got, you know, the rappers who rap for women. Um, Big Daddy Kane was one of those rappers that rap for women. Not to say that he didn't go because he did. Oh, yeah. No, nah, one he of the was, greatest. He was smooth. Like his whole his whole uh, aesthetic was smoothness. He wore suits and silk shirts and hats and canes and and eyes. A lot of women at the time, we did like a dark skinned man. Just smooth. Just smooth. <laughs> Big Daddy was one. LL Cool J was another. And again, LL Cool J did not start as that kind of rapper. But then he came out with I Need Love. And to put it mildly, crudely, forgive me, panties dropped across the country. So yeah. All of a sudden, it's like, yeah. LL, oh, my gosh. And he had the dimples and the muscles and the kangles. And, yeah, that was a period of time where a lot of, a lot of girls <laughs> I knew, all of a sudden, we started getting interested in rappers. Like, what? Oh. oh. And it didn't hurt if they were cute. It didn't matter. And, and at a certain point, it didn't matter whether or not they were especially talented, just that they were cute. <laughs> no, nah, it worked for the ladies because, yeah, I remember ladies love when, when, when men talk to them yes remember these guys are talking yes over records to you Mm -hmm. yes so it was that whole swag that they had yes there was um oh what's the one that came out i i see the video in my head they're all sitting on the on the front stoop of a brownstone um a rapper or it's a group um for some d's yes tender love yes (laughs) that was one of the sweetest we were like oh and they're all sitting all nice on this ridiculously clean front stoop of a brownstone yeah. singing, you know, singing over. And they weren't they were R&B, but they were they had the hip hop yeah. flavor to them. And like girls just fell over. Tender love. And they were good. They were good <laughs> singers. That was one thing you could give the artists during that stretch of time. They were all, with very few exceptions, ex- really talented. Whether yeah. it was their their flow or if they happened to be songwriters as well, the songs that they wrote, there was an exceptional amount of talent going on through a lot of those artists in the 90s. Like that was one of the, like I said, that tipped me off. And a lot of the girls that I hung out with was listening to songs like those, like, oh, so yeah. sweet. Yeah, it got me in trouble with a lot of relationships because of those type of songs. So I thought that's what women wanted. They didn't want that. <laughs> they didn't want that poetic stuff. But you just got finished listening to that. Yeah, but I don't want it in the real life. <laughs> I'm like, well, I can't be a thug. I, that's just not in me. Like LL talking about some he alone in his room staring at the wall. No, he's not. But yeah. we like to think he is. Yeah. <laughs> right? Because it sounds good. We, yeah, 100%. Paints that picture. Absolutely. It's like, oh. You and LL. Yes. I was like, wow. That's impressive. So now did you know that that song Tender Love was produced and written by um Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis? It doesn't surprise me. Yeah. And and I we failed to mention them. They were another set of producers that that had that uh that helped usher in that crossover era. Oh yeah. And they they, were, they were part of that whole situation. They mixed, you know, the Minneapolis sound with um hip hop as well. They did. And they were if you want to talk about the driving force who made Janet Jackson who she is today, they're the ones. Because when I tell you they came up, they came in and left it all in the studio on Janet's Control album. uh, There it is. That is the truth. So 
Yeah, that was one of those eras we were like, oh, you know, this may be for us after all. And then, of course, you know, we were looking at the 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 lady MCs coming out. And, of course, a, a bunch of us got down with that. To this day, I still absolutely adore Yo-Yo. Like, she wasn't one of the bigger, bigger lady yeah, MCs, Yo-Yo but she's, she's still one of my favorites. She has the funniest cooking show that I just watched a month ago on some streaming channel, I can't remember what it's called, but she's, she just, she looks absolutely and sounds and acts the exact same way that she did 35 years ago. And it's, it's a delight to still see them out there doing stuff. I love it. I love it. Yeah. As we've been talking about this, I just had a thought. They need to make a sequel to school of rock. That's school of rap. That's same premise, but instead of rock music, it's all hip hop and rap. (laughs) Yeah. It's funny. We should have started that star in that. Uh, They'll probably put Kevin Hart in it. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're probably and right. Do a guest appearance by Jack Black. That would be yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey Hollywood, if you're listening, um, I'm not giving you this one for free. I want. Well, they can't buy anything. Of the no strike. Oh, that's correct. true. That is correct. So everything right now is moot. <laughs> when y'all come back, yeah, we can discuss this idea because that's that's not a free idea. Right, that is not exactly. a free idea. But you had, um... and it's recorded, so it's copywritten already. So that's right. right. It it is July twenty second, twenty twenty three, for the record, intangible form. Intangible yes. form. But um, Jack, you had mentioned your your weighty concerns around the commercialization of hip hop. Hey, you wanna you wanna get into that? When you when you hear a commercial or something like that, if it's you know a rap hip-hop's you know song from back in the day the musician sells it for the commercial i have zero problem with that because you know what make money while you can make money if someone's going to offer you money for your your art take it i don't care if you know rock country whatever take take the money the thing that irritates me are all of the stupid ass original hip-hop rap sounding commercials for like you know paper bags or you know pencils and school supplies and it's like oh god please don't that's so bad just don't don't do that no 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 god no you're hurting my ears it's (laughs) like you were um it's like you had mentioned earlier tim about hip-hop being so intertwined now in in tvs in in movies i think and this is just just an opinion i don't know how Founded, it might be, but an opinion to me is that I think you hear it so much in recent years because I think it represents like an edginess, especially when we're talking about white America. There's an edginess to it. There's a, like you said, the kind of outlaw spirit, like living just outside of what the right thing is to do, which isn't entirely accurate because even though people have the notion that hip hop is, you know, still talking about illegal activities or gray areas or moral things, a lot of it is not. That's just what you tend to hear, especially when you see certain TV shows or movies. Like I've noticed in recent years, I pay more attention in the music in movies than I have, than I used to, like in the last six, seven years. And I've noticed every time there's a scene that takes place in a strip club, they are playing hip hop. (laughs) (laughs) Almost almost 82% of the time. If you close and close, the song is a hip hop song. It may be a, a well-known one. It may be something less known, but you can obviously tell it's hip hop. And I'm like, well, it's no different than back in the 80s and 90s in movies and during the strip club, they would play Motley Crue. True. 
Yeah. It's true. Yeah, I mean, or Def Leppard's pour some sugar on me. That's right. like that's or like that's the other ten percent of what's played. Right. Oh, what's movie. the the scene in one of my guilty pleasure movies? Um, Bring It On. Oh yeah. Where they had the cheerleader tryouts and the girl was dancing to um Poison. Um, yeah. Oh, the cherry song. I can't even think of what it's called now, but that scene is hilarious to me. She's literally doing a strip tease dance on the gym floor, yeah. auditioning for cheerleaders. I'm like, oh, that was mm-hmm. new. <laughs> but yeah, it's just it's just something I tend to notice. And, and it may be because I'm looking for it or listening for it that I know isn't more often than anything. But I'm like, why does that keep coming up in strip club scenes and frat party scenes? You know, you know, it's alpha, alpha, De- alpha Delta Gamma is having, you know, their first of the year kegger and they're back there playing, you know, biggie. I'm like, wait, hold on. Why? (laughs) Why? (laughs) It might be, like you said, it might be because of the edginess of it. I mean, where else could they go to, to um, describe having a good time? Mm -hmm. You know, um, I don't know what other genre that can do that without it having in today's climate, without it having a hip hop influence in it. True. Yeah, it's not like they can play Crystal Gale. <laughs> Country singer, y'all. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, Tammy Wynette during a um, strip club, you know. Right. Like another country singer. I'm, I'm fairly sure someone has tried it, though. But I'm pretty sure. I'm someone stripping sure. to stand by your man. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Somebody's done it. She came out in white cowboy boots with the tassels and a little hat. Yes, yeah, stand sure. by your man. I can, I can and see. I can drop it like it's hot. <laughs> Took that dollar in her pennies. <laughs> that is how she's standing by her man. She's stripping. Yeah, <laughs> right. exactly. supporting him while he's at home. No, he's doing three to five. Oh, That's how yeah, she's supporting right. her man. <laughs> So, um, um, Jack, and what what's another example as far as like the commercialization that you were referring to? Mainly, it's just you know, I don't. It just irritates me when somebody's selling, I don't know, something you know, squirt guns, and then they have some original rap to oh, right. whatever, and it's just like, no, you. I feel like I almost feel like you're pandering, but like I say, original stuff, I I have no problem with that. And then the other thing that. This is commercialization that I just find humorous more than anything is that Snoop Dogg is like the commercial spokesperson media darling, which I'm fine with. I have no problem with it. But as y'all remember, when Snoop Dogg first came out, the media and the world and everybody could not. They were all on fire to kill them. Some Snoop, some Snoop Dogg. I I just find it funny that he has... He's, he's the media the, darling that he is, but the yeah. more you know about him, he's so cool. I mean, the dude coached his kids' football teams mm-hmm. yeah. to the point to where his son got has a scholarship at USC as a wide receiver. And yeah. His team apparently just crushed all the other leagues, and he bought a bus and had it converted that they would go. And yeah, he, he, bought the, he bought the uniforms for the team, too, didn't he? Yeah. 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 But they know and the I, influence that he has. Exactly. So, yeah. And the, the fun part is, is that he didn't, for the most part, he didn't change not a, a thing about himself. The rest of the no. world came to him. Yeah, right. yeah, exactly. Right. And he, it's sort of the right. same thing with Ice T, you know? Oh, yeah, 100%. Big controversy about him, and then he's 
you know, played a cop for 35 years on yeah. TV. Yeah. And, and mentioning that, you you go from um, Snoop, who literally came out the gate with Dre with a song called, what, 187? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> about killing police officers for oh, a yeah. movie about police officers, colors. Yeah, that was on deep cover, right? It was a deep cover? Yeah, it was deep cover. That was because that was the first time that Death Row had records um, placed. Right. Yeah. Right. It was um, deep cover, yeah. Oh, and then they did. Um, there was also colors that came around the same time. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah. He literally came out a song with a song about killing cops, and now he's seven on another cop. 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 Yeah, <laughs> and now he's like America's sweetheart. It's like wow. Hey, that's growth. If you can, live it is. Through it, you know, and and it's sad because I wish that Biggie and Tupac mm-hmm. were able to have that kind of growth. Yeah, because yeah. you never know who they would have been. Yep. You know, because their life was cut so short. And that's why you see things different. When you're in your 20s, you, you think that you can rule the world, male or female, no matter what. Yeah. Nothing happens to you. When you get in your 30s, your brain starts to think different. Then when yeah. you start having kids, well, you know, people were having kids earlier than 30s. But you start to see the world different and you move different. And I just right. wish that um, Tupac and Biggie had that chance to be able to um, see that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I was in the army when um, Tupac died and one of the guys in my unit, uh, this kid loved Tupac and he went into like a month long depression. Mm, I'm not kidding. I'm not exaggerating at all after Tupac died. And it was like, I'm getting worried about you, buddy. (laughs) You could understand it, right? You really couldn't understand it, right? Well, I mean, I kind of could because, you know, Kurt Cobain. You know, from Nirvana and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I, you know, I understood what that was like. Right. I, but I mean, for him, it was almost like someone had killed his mama. Yeah, I get it. Which they were very, very yeah. influential in people's lives. They really, because you got to think a lot of people don't have a getaway. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Or a person yeah. to talk to or the person that they can, that they would listen to. Mm-hmm. Especially right. if they're going through a lot and people like a Tupac. Biggie, um, uh, anybody in entertainment speaks to them, and it's a huge loss for them. It is, you know, yeah. And Pac was one of those ones that, and it wasn't like I could directly relate to a lot of the experience because obviously no. But he was, he was one of those ones that kind of touched down into different, different avenues as far as his experiences. Because one moment he's incredibly sentimental with Dear Mama. You talk to a lot of people across the board and they're talking about, you know, what's a good song from Mother's Day, Dear Mama? Right. We already know. Don't don't say nothing else. Um, You could have him be that guy or you could turn around and have him be, you know, a lady killer, I'll put it kindly, with songs like I Get Around, which he happened to do that song with the group that he kind of came out of the gate with. People, People who know about him know he was born in New York, but he was primarily considered a West Coast rapper because he got in with and started out with Digital Underground. Yeah. Um, and that was probably one of their songs that people first heard him was same song, which is one of my favorite DU songs like ever to this day. And not a lot of people know that he started out with them as a backup dancer to boot. Yeah. You can see him in the video for this song dancing. You're like, oh. Mm-hmm. And then he came out the gate and he he. You know, that was the air of Tupac. After that, there was no stopping. But he could be the soft, sensitive guy. He could be the militant. He could be the political guy. He could be a straight, you know, 
fuck boy, excuse my French. <laughs> and this, yeah. this was happening before that was a term, but he could be yeah, all those we all, things. We all speak French. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he could be all those things. And I think that's why he he appealed to such a wide swath of a wide swath of people, even among and amidst, you know, the troubles that he had during his life. And one thing I, from what I um, read and saw, Tupac didn't really do it. You know, some people will go in the studio and be like, I got to make this record for the ladies. I got to make this record for this. I got to make sure this crossover. For what I understand, Tupac just did what what felt good to him at that time mm-hmm. and how the music spoke to him. Mm-hmm. Because you have the music playing, whatever, how that track speaks to you. Some people, that's how they write to it. Yeah. They said right. Tupac was like that. And plus, he he was always creating songs so that's the reason why they got so many songs that they can still release that we've never heard mm-hmm. because he was yeah. always letting letting how he felt out at that moment it's like the whole east coast west coast thing with what he did with the, you know hit him up Yo, God. Yeah. I, I appreciate an artist that does what's right for the song and not yeah. what's right for money making purposes or well, radio airplay Oh, yeah. I, I know it, it is. is. I know it is. But I appreciate an artist that's willing to uh, to do something like that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. For me, that's just, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how it's to put words authentic. to it. It's yeah, that's authentic. the word. It's authentic. It is. Yeah, it's um, authentic. It is and it's tough. It's tough when you have, you're signed to a label. And the label, they only go by the numbers of your last. Right. Mm-hmm. Your last hit. And they're expecting the same thing again. When you're creative... You don't go around. You don't go down the same road all the time, mm-hmm. right? You know, what Prince I mean? was like you that. You try to grow. You try to yeah. grow and change. Prince was exactly yeah. like. That. Yeah, Michael Pink Jackson Floyd is like that too. Michael yeah, Jackson, Pink, like Pink Floyd's yeah. like that. Pink Floyd has an album that the first song is like fifty nine seconds. The second song is almost eighteen minutes long, and then it's a twelve minute long song, and then like a nine minute long song, and then a minute and a half song. You talking about Dark Side of the Moon? No, that's um, Animals. You know, I never heard that album. If you're not a fan of Capitalism, that's a good album to listen to. (laughs) I didn't really know what Capitalism was until (laughs) recent years. But But that's she said that because I knew how um, Pink Floyd uh, moved. Oh, did you ever get a chance? I know we talk about hip hop, but Jack, do you ever get a chance to to do the Dark Side of the Moon and the Wizard of Oz thing? Um, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. It, oh, I did. Yeah, 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 you did. Yeah, that was yeah. interesting. <laughs> it's amazing how who, stuff. Who the hell out. comes up with that? You got to think this was in existence before um, videos and all that stuff. Well, no, no, we had VHS. Somebody right. took VHS and put those two together. Who I don't was, know who. Yeah, who had time? I'm, I'm going to say marijuana was involved. Probably. I'm thinking acid. Both. Or both. All of the above. All of the above. (laughs) That that person to this day is still having flashbacks. Like, (laughs) Uh (laughs) I'm onto something. Yeah. 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 That's, um, but going back to the, now that I'm thinking about it, the commercialization of of rap, that may be one artist I don't think I've ever heard his stuff used anywhere. Who? Pac. Yeah. You know what? I mean, in movies, I think in some movies. In movies, yeah. Yeah, but not in like in commercials. Mm-mm. If you're talking about that advertising. Mm-mm. Yeah. Because I'm thinking about, because when you were talking about it earlier, Jack, it, it, one example prominently popped into my mind, and I hate it that it does, and I hate that they did it to the song. And I understand by getting a check, I get it. 
but they did not have to use Whoop, there it is in the insurance commercial. They did not have to do that. Uh, really? Yeah. I like that. That, that was dope. <laughs> and that's that was a, dope. That's it, it it was funny. And then after the fourth time, it was like, stop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It that's kind of why I hate the the Dr. Dre Tupac song. Was it California Dreamin'? California Love. Yeah, thank you. Um uh, I was in the army and this one dude, he would get control of the radio, which was fine. Except for he played that song on a loop. Eight hours of the same song, or actually more like 12 hours, nice. gets to be a bit much. Right. It, it's like Christmas music and working in retail. Yeah. <laughs> I'm but there, he, that's not the only one. I used to work with another guy that played Kirk Franklin, like two of yeah. his albums on repeat. And is like, oh, my God, I cannot. I don't even like people named Kirk now because of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, that's just I, because of. You know, nonstop. Anyway, true. But that's how they get it into people's head too. Because mm-hmm. I I remember that particular song. There it is. There, it's a that's a funny story because there's two versions of literally the same doggone song that came out yeah. with munching each other. There's yeah. whoop. There it is, and whoop. There it is. Yeah. One was by a group called Ninety Five South. The other one was by a tag team. I spent a very long time during that period not being able to tell the difference. <laughs> Me too. Because they played it back to back in the clubs. Like, but you know, that, you know that's a strip term. Yes. Yeah, that's a strip term. That when the girl went, either went down or opened up, whatever it was, yeah. oh, there it is. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm right back to the strip club. They now got like ice cream and insurance. Yes, insurance. Yeah. I'm like, that's that song is still getting a hell of traction. It drives me nuts. Yeah. There's another example, and this is this isn't a strictly hip hop song. It's one of the crossover ones. Um, we're referencing back to Teddy Riley, um, one of his groups, his second group that he fronted called Black Street, which is primarily R and B, but they did did have hip hop elements. Yeah. And one of their biggest songs, one of the biggest, one of the bigger songs really of that time period was called No Diggity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that guested Dr. Dre and a woman rapper um, named Queen Penn. They used that song in an Instacart commercial. And I sat there for two weeks trying to figure out what was the relevance until they got to the hook that said, bag it up. Yeah. I was like, my God, no. That's, that's what the whole point was. <laughs> that, bag it up. <laughs> bag it up. <laughs> I think it's dope. I think it's dope. But you know what? I'm in that field. You know, yeah. since I'm in the field, I started the because back in the day, they did make um, the song match the commercial, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. Now it's not so much. Yes. It's more so a backdrop. And sometimes it's a familiar song to where people who know the song will pay attention to the commercial now. Yes. Right. You know what I mean? Even if it has nothing to do with it, it could be about herpes and they'll put, well, there it is. <laughs> That's strangely Which fitting, though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. strangely fitting. I didn't think about that. <laughs> it's frightening, really. <laughs> it's frightening, but oh, wow. um, it's it's like you said. I'm like, I understand. You know, there's money to be had. I get it. I get it. It just it's if I just feel like a little bit more of my by listening his my music listening history just crumbles away just a little bit more. Like saying, yeah. it's just. Now Another was, one gone. Yeah, it was crazy. What I had an idea years ago, and I'd be sleeping on good ideas. Like the whole, um, I, I had an idea for like a, a, a GPS that had Tourette's, 
you know, this, that, and the other. Think about a GPS that had Tourette's and giving you directions. That'd be and, amazing. Um, <laughs> yo, I had these ideas and then somebody actually got the balls to do it, but I had that like 10 years ago. Then I had this idea about turning nasty hip-hop songs into like Frank Sinatra standards. And that I would also be amazing. On, you know, like, you know, like for can I curse right quick? Yeah. 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 Like, for example, like the Snoop in the song, bitches ain't shit, but holes and tricks. <laughs> I don't mean that type of thing with the there's, big band behind it. But there's sort of an artist that does that, that. Richard Cheese. Yeah. yeah. I had that be idea before him. I know exactly you talked about. It. And people kept telling me, you need to do that. You need to do that. But I was so focused on other things. Like, I don't know time to do that. I ain't got nobody to promote it. And this is like, when YouTube was just first coming out, not everybody right. had YouTube. You know, I think it was during the MySpace days. So it didn't really make any sense for me to do it. But but I felt good that I was on the right track each time that happens. So well, I would never get mad at it. Right. I think you might be in luck because as I as we're speaking, because, you know, we research on the run. Uh, Richard Cheese and his group Lounge Against the Machine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have a lounge room version of yeah. gin and juice yeah. yeah oh that was the first one i came up with 100 <laughs> i'm telling because you it, because that it lends itself to that that yeah. genre think yeah. about it mm-hmm. it's think perfect it. because my sense of humor is so quirky and wacky that i take anything like that like um yeah sipping on gin and juice mm-hmm. had the whole idea but like i said i'm not saying anybody stole the idea because no Nobody saw the idea. Somebody was on the same wavelength. They just jumped on it before I did. I just, yeah. I'm just happy that, you know, next time I come up with an idea, I'm going to jump on it since we have all these resources now to right. quickly right. do it. <laughs> Don't so, miss um, out. Yeah. I first heard of that guy, Richard Cheese. I thought it was kind of a, I thought it was a joke, but I first heard of him when they did a cover of Down with the Sickness for uh, one of my yeah. favorite all time horror movies, uh, 2004's Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. And they did. He did that cover of "Come on and get down with the sickness." Yeah. I was like, yeah, "What yeah. is this shit? It's marvelous!" It is dope. I'm telling you, it's, it's weird. Al, that's basically what I was. That's what I was channeling when I came right. up with that idea. Was the hip hop weird Al? Because yeah. it was. I mean, even though he did it with um Gangsta's Paradise yeah. type stuff, I was like, "What if I took it further?" You yes. know what I mean? Right. But he would change. He would change the words. I was going to use the actual words. And I think another thing that stopped me was because I didn't know the licensing laws of doing that without mm. getting sued for it, you know? Right. Yes. Yes. But. That was like, that's the thing about it. I think ideas are like energy. They just, they're transmutable from from one entity to another. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think it's probably way too big right now to, to contemplate, but who had the first idea? Think about it, because every idea comes from somewhere else, whether right. you know it or not. It's so weird, but yeah, that would have been a good one to have hopped yeah. on to. Yeah, I think definitely. so. I continue to make quirky, crazy songs. Like me and my friend came up with this hip hop type of song called um, "At the Gym." I'm not sure if I sent that to you. Did I send it to you? I'm gonna send you, that to you. Oh, you probably did. I think you sent it to me because I'm gonna send it to you. Me to you. I'm gonna send it to you, Jack. This, okay. This crazy concepts like this concept of this song. We were just drunk and high. Say, what if we had a guy who only likes heavy women? He thinks the skinny girls are just disgusting because, you know, majority guys like skinny girls. Right. And so this guy goes to the gym just to only look at um, heavy girls. So each time a um, 
a skinny girl walks by, he says, her, nasty, her, nasty, her, nasty. Then a heavyset girl comes by, it's like, her, maybe it just might work. So I'm using the <laughs> um, right said Fred voice in the record. And that's like 200 pounds, three, maybe. I want her to have my baby. It just <laughs> might work. Then at the gym. Yeah, I'm going to send it to you. Okay. I think it was like 15 years ago. I And I sent it to somebody and say, yo, you need to put this out. So that's stupid. But I'm going to send it to y'all. Okay. Yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. We just couldn't get a video together for it. We had another song where a friend of mine put a video together called Wash My Car. And um, it has nothing to do with helping life at all. This guy just sitting in the traffic is like, I'm stand, I'm sitting in traffic. This one of those the radios loud. Still writes that, Fred. I'm going to, uh, there's nothing else to do. To, 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 I'm going to wash my car. Yeah, yeah I got that too. I remember, I remember you sent me that one. I remember that one. Yeah. So thanks one. to hip hop. I'm going to send you both of those, Jack. But yeah. All right. Yeah. To hip hop to be able to have that room to be creative because you can't lie. You had to be a great singer or a great musician to be able to be famous with music. Mm -hmm. Right. With mm -hmm. hip hop. And I'm not saying you don't have to be, you're not talented if you do hip hop. You can get your point across without having to be the best singer. Yeah. Right. Musician. Yep. You just got to be able to speak to the masses that feel the same way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You have to be, and you also have to be great with like being a wordsmith. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. You have to have a great vocabulary. You can't well, have a horrible vocabulary. Well, I mean, maybe, but right. I think that helps because you it, can throw stuff in and figure out ways to, like you were saying earlier with Eminem, he, those things aren't supposed to rhyme. Right. Oh, yeah. I think you, you got to be quick witted. You got to be quick witted too. Yes, a hundred percent. You have to be, and a lot of people think that these rappers are dumb. Nah, mm -hmm. no. Listen to what oh, they're no. saying. No, no. This is no. what they're saying. They know exactly. They know certain terms that you wouldn't even think that they knew. Just like you're saying, vocabulary. Their vocabulary is so, and then the metaphors that they put them together, citing something else, blah blah blah. You wouldn't even think that they would know something like that. You know, no. as um. I want to say it's Pimp C that said it. Step, step up your vocab. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go, get, go read a book, you illiterate son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. one of my favorites. Yeah. But yeah, you, you can get away with being a popular rapper yeah. and not have a huge vocabulary. But the best ones, the ones that endear, do. Yeah. And they can even take, you know, basic level vocabulary and like you, like y'all are saying, just mix it up to where it sounds. It kind of reverberates and sounds like something bigger than what it is. And when you break it down, you're like, "Oh, that's that's what he's saying," but yeah. it's the way he said it. Yeah, mm. yeah. So I, I think it's like a crossover of the two. What words are you using? And how are they? How are you using them? And then, especially like nowadays, you can just get away with 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 getting a good beat, yeah, good production, and just lay, you know, third grade yeah. vocab over it and be popular as hell. And I'm like, wait a minute, what that's happened? True. <laughs> because the beat grabs you first it grabs mm. the people that's the first thing people listen to yeah uh, you know i mean they hear the music first mm -hmm. and then they yeah and they hear the important part which is what they call the chorus or the hook the one that the, the part where they say over and over again they figure out the verses later of what they're really talking about mm -hmm. so those are the different layers 
then I got a lot of songwriter friends who actually hate that formula and they just want people to understand their talent. Yeah. So this has nothing to do with your talent. You're already talented. What you want to do is get your point across to where people can get into what you're trying to say. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. so yeah. I think some of the most talented rappers, you could like give them a list to say 20 words, yes. completely unrelated and be like, I want you to create something. Each one of these words has to be in it. And I think the best would have no problem whatsoever with it. I didn't say yeah. you'd, you'd be, I, I've, I've been shocked and surprised at some rappers that I've heard that have done straight um, what they call cypher, like off the top improv yeah. rhymes. Yeah. Like Lil Wayne is is good for that. I don't know what he's doing now, but that was his that was his thing back in the day. And the thing that, that he started out as a 14, 15 year old mm-hmm. and came up the way he did. You think he he's been in the game for 20 plus years. And like you forget he literally started as, as a kid, but he was one of the ones who used to come off the top of his head and he would do like five different versions of his own damn song and yeah. do it different every time because he yeah. was just thinking the stuff to say as he went along. Like his claim to fame was I never write anything down. Right. You, can, you could tell, but that didn't mean that he wasn't, he wasn't the one the best to do it. Like the line, real G's moving silence like lasagna. That line stuck in my head for about a week before I right. realized what the hell he was talking about. I was like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. oh, he's a, he's a prime example of the, the ones I like to listen to. Now, and I, and there's, many, there's many I'm thinking of, so naturally I can't think of a one, but He's one of the ones I like listening to just for his his lyrical dexterity, honestly. Yeah. They, um, very talented, man. And that's another stigma as far as hip-hop. You're not a real hip-hop artist if you don't write your own stuff. or mm-hmm. you know, I don't agree with that because hip-hop now is a commodity and it's entertainment and it's for people to buy. It's just like being a singer. If you got a hit, let it go. Now, if mm-hmm. you want to be proven as a great MC rapper, this, that, and the other, go do a cypher. Go do a battle rap. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. Test your skills there. Mm-hmm. You know, because battle raps was really where it really <laughs> kind of started. Yeah. Well, I can't say it started because it really started with MC mm-hmm. supporting the DJ mm-hmm. and just getting the crowd hype. And then people were trying to challenge who was the best MC. Mm-hmm. The master ceremony, the one who could actually... Um, get the crowd going. So that's when they were saying, I'm better than you. Well, no, I'm better than him. So this goes back to the bat, the one of the first famous battle raps, which was Busy B mm-hmm. and Kumo D. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Busy B was one of the biggest um, battle rappers out there back in the seventies, you know, late seventies and stuff like that. You just crush everybody. Kumo D mm-hmm. was one of the youngest out there and he thought I could do better than him. Blah, blah, blah. This one time in, in his tape, I want to find that tape too. His tape and um, busy busy bees um, claim to fame. What he always said was like Bob did the Bob the dang the dang diggy diggy. Which uh, what's his name? What's his name? Stole Rob Zombie. That too, and and the other one um, used to be a rapper. Now he's a um, Trump supporter. Kid Rock. Oh, Kid Rock. Kid Rock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. the Bob did the Bob the dang. That's Busy B. So when um, when Kumo D came on stage to battle him. I forgot something, 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 because I'm tired of, and I'm tired of that bomb, diggy, bomb, or get rid of that bomb, diggy, bomb bullshit or something like that. The crowd went crazy. <laughs> and that was the end of Busy B's career. Mm-hmm. Since yeah. then, then the next battle rap 
which which was on record was um, KRS One and MC Shan. Mm-hmm. The bridge is over, the bridge, you know, yeah. and then um, you know, South Bronx or whatever. All them songs that was dissing each other. Then mm-hmm. Roxanne, Roxanne, you know. Yeah. Then you jump forward. Then you had the um, LL Cool J battle between Kumo D, him and Kumo D. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then you had LL and Cannabis, the rapper Cannabis. Cannabis. Oh my gosh, I forgot about him. <laughs> yeah, there's so many. And then I mean, LL and uh, Ice T had uh, a beef at one point. They were dissing each other on record. Yeah, now, a lot of people don't know that. The hmm. lot. Yeah, that's that's a foundational thing in hip hop. Then Jay Z, Nas. They, yeah, which, which mm-hmm. was after the biggest one, Tupac and Biggie. Oh my God! Mm-hmm. When I when I think about beef raps, hit them up. That still that still puts a pain in my chest. Listening yeah, listening to him, that like hurts. you can see him, you can visualize Pac in the booth spitting. Yeah, like yeah, literally you spitting. spitting. You yes, <laughs> like he was that mad. He was not kidding. And Biggie never really responded. Mm-mm. Never really responded, even though they called it the biggest beef. But that hurt. Yeah. Hit him up. That hurt me. I'm yeah. like, yo, you went at his wife. Forget yeah. the rest of the record. You claim exactly. that you're a player, but I, your mm-hmm. wife. I was like, yo, he, he could have cut the record off right then and there. And that was the end of the whole thing. Like heads collectively everywhere clutched their chest and collapsed. It was like, <laughs> 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 like that gone. That was to this day. That is a wild song. If I'm if I'm feeling in the mood, I'll go put on hit him up, and I'm like, I, I don't even necessarily have to be mad at anybody. I'm just gonna put it on. <laughs> oh, another big one too. Ice T and was it Ice? No, Ice Cube against NWA, or was it just Easy E? I, I think it was Easy E. Because I know Easy E. They, were, they mm. were literally at each other's necks at separate points. Yeah, because uh, we probably years. had one of the classic um, Ice Cube, No Vaseline. Yeah, yeah. The whole crew. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yep. And then, because um, Dre had one not so hard hitting, he had one on the Chronic. Um, slipping my mind. It was against Easy E and yeah. Jerry Heller and all them. Um, F with Dre Day is that what it was? Or yeah, I think. I, think it was Dre Day. I don't remember. Yeah. But I know he went after Jerry Heller. He went yeah. after Easy E. Yeah. Yeah. I remember It was that a one. bunch of B stuff. Now, what's crazy about the Ice Cube one, I met Ice Cube for the first time in New York. It was at a Michael Bivens birthday party. <laughs> and I didn't know. I mean, this is like early 90s. I'm not sure it was 90 or 91. I was wondering why Ice Cube was in New York. You know what I mean? He was at this birthday party. Why is he? And he was there at the party with his wife. I'm like, why is he in New York? Never thought about it. Didn't know that he was working on that album. The mm-hmm. one that ended up being his classic with the Bomb Squad, which who produced with um, um Public Enemy. Mm-hmm. You know, even with the No Vaseline, all that stuff. Yeah. He did that in New York. I didn't know that at that time. Oh. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I didn't know because I thought that they were afraid to come out here and we were afraid to go out there. This is even before anybody got killed. Hmm. Well, <laughs> I guess I guess it was being done quietly as, as necessary, but Ice Cube ended up being one of he's he's become one of my favorites all the way around. Like I I I dearly love to see creatives evolve like yes. like he has. Like yes. he has, like LL, 
um, Ice-T, all of them, and they moved yeah. from that phase of their life into, into something like this. Like, yeah. who knew? Like, he literally, one of, my, one of my favorite rap songs ever, My Summer Vacation, I said it. The guy that made that song turned around and made kids' movies. Right. I'm, <laughs> I, I can't reconcile the two, but yet I have to. Right. I like you. <laughs> I like that's you. That's growth. That's that's growth. And I think, and with the hip hop community, a lot of people think that you're a sellout or you're soft if you go into a commercial way or something like that. It's like mm. it's the equivalent. If you go to your job, you're trying to get a promotion. Mm-hmm. You're not trying to stay at the same position, right? You know, what I mean? yeah. you're gonna let somebody talk you into just staying in the same position because if you move up, you're gonna be considered selling out. No. You trying to pay your bills. Yeah. Unless you're going to pay my bills for me. So that's the same equation. They're trying to move up. Yep. And yeah, it's driven by money. But then again, it's also driven by the change in your mind of where you want peace. You want to be at peace with your life, with your decisions, without anybody in your ear telling you that that's whack. Right. Yeah. Well, it's like you were saying earlier, the difference between the version of you in your 20s and the version of you in your 30s and the version of you in your 40s. Yeah, right. that that's all it is. You're just, and plus you're creative. So you're creative, right? It seems to me that going from music to acting back and forth. Why is that surprising? It's right. It, it, it shouldn't people. be. No, uh-huh. exactly. It shouldn't be at all. Creative people, I think they suffer from ADD more than anybody in a sense. And oh, no, yeah. not down yeah. down in ADD people who have it or diagnosed with it. But we can't stay with just the same thing. We'll get bored. Mm-hmm. We'll check out. We have to find something else to challenge us. We, you know, it's just the difference between working the regular nine to five and trying to move up as opposed to moving up in the entertainment industry is that it's seen all the time. Right. Because yeah. if I'm working at Sprint and I'm trying to get a manager job, nobody sees that except for within right. the company. You yeah. know, it's the same concept. Mm-hmm. It, it's always been that way with creatives, the Rat Pack. They were all actors yeah. and musicians. Chris yeah. Christopherson. Musician, <clears throat> actor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great so it's no writer. different. Great songwriter, too. Yeah. Yeah. You're just, you're creative and you want to get rid of that outlet. And there are multiple ways to get rid of, you know, that desire, or whatever that's in you. And so. an example of this, it just now pops to mind and it's weird that it should, but one of those is Will Smith. Yes. Yeah. 100%. Um. Like I, I read his memoir last year, and it's an excellent memoir. Um, I like I read a lot of them. His was one of the best I had read. Nice. Um, and this was before Slapgate. Um, uh, <laughs> and it, it shed a lot of light on the kind of a kind of man that he is, and in the path that he paved, you know, for himself. He was determined once he set his mind to being the biggest star in the world. That's exactly what he became. Yeah, and it's interesting that people that see him now and know him strictly for his acting for the last 20 plus years don't it doesn't click immediately on them he started out as a rapper and he right. wasn't even a rapper that a lot of people took seriously within hip-hop itself yeah you know middle america loved it right like hardcore heads was like what is this shit like yeah. <laughs> look no, it's, and, it's, and it's crazy because you're that's true mm-hmm. and um a lot of hardcore rappers, they'd be like, oh, we don't want middle America to like us. Mm-hmm. But they're the same hardcore rappers. Why won't they play my video on MTV? Right. 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 Yeah. And it, you got to pick and choose. Come on. I mean, 
the battle. I, I understand, but I don't see why anybody wants to stay where they are because nobody wants to stay in poverty. Yeah. We're talking about keeping it real. No, if you have a chance to get out, just go ahead and do what you got to do without hurting anybody else in the process. Yep. And he was, yeah. he seemed to be one of the ones that, like I said, he was already, uh, you know, from what his description, and I, for the most part, you know, memoirs are unreliable narrators anyway, but from the way he describes himself, he was always that type of person. He was always energetic and upbeat. And it was, a lot of it was his way to hide, to try to control what's going on in his home life, the way he, he, yeah. he started out and the way he ended up being. But he was always one of those hyper people pleasers yeah. trying to keep mm -hmm. a, a light mood, especially in his home. And that just carried over to wherever he was. So when he starts rapping, he gets together with Jeff, you know, that was they they meant to be exactly who they were. Yeah. And, the, and the rest of the world came to them. Right. And then like you can't deny the impact that the two of them have had on hip hop. If you if you if you if you talk about it honestly in its whole, they may not have been they may not be the first group that you think of when you think of hip hop, but they are one of the most influential. They did. They deserve yeah. their flowers. Real absolutely, talk. absolutely. Yeah. And to, yeah. and to see where he started and where he's come to, and then you know, every now and then he'll step back and dabble in the music, but he didn't have to. Yeah. Because for the most part, he stayed. He seemed to have stayed the same person that he started out as. Right. So, and like I said, besides him having one very, very public and very human moment, he has remained relatively untarnished i'd like to think oh yeah, yeah and that's true with uh you know and like you said the people pleaser type thing I, and i know that too well because i live that you know i'm <laughs> trying to work on that she can't really please everybody it stresses you out you're the one who's you're the one who's drinking the poison expecting everybody else to die right. you know what i mean you're the one who's suffering mm -hmm. and i think that that whole slap situation was a combination of things just building up because you do as a people ple um, pleaser you let stuff build up because yep. you don't want to stir the pot. Mm -hmm. So I think that that was probably one of them. That's my opinion. You, you, I think you're right. There's a whole bunch of resentment sitting up underneath there. And and Chris was an easy target to him because I'm pretty sure he wouldn't have done that to Mike Tyson. Or <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't think a lot of people would do that to Mike Tyson. To be yeah. fair, so, yeah. I'm afraid to say hi to him. <laughs> even though he's nicer now i'm afraid to say hi i'm gonna be like uh mr tyson is it okay okay Wait, why? Why even look him in the eye just <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, is it okay yeah. did i say hi <laughs> but yeah well, I, I i think um, go ahead I, sorry no i was yeah. I, I was just wrapping up but um yeah there's there's so many so many offshoots um in, in this thing called hip hop. And again, like I said, like I, I said at the top, and I'm sure you guys concur, it's it's no longer a genre. It's it's a lifestyle. It's a culture. It's it's a movement. Yeah. You can look anywhere around the world and see places. You can't to see too many places that it hasn't touched yeah. to some degree or another. So, you know, it's and graffiti is a font in the typing font. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, you can't yeah. Really that. what were you about to say, Jack? I was just gonna say before we wrap up, uh <clears throat> not that you could Nobody has a favorite song. You have a group of favorites. If each of you could throw out one of, doesn't matter, you know, 
eighties, nineties, whatever, it doesn't matter. One of your songs that would be in the top ten that's like for you, if you somebody never heard of hip hop and you want to get, you know, this is one of my top jams. You gotta listen to this. What would one of those songs be? See, let me throw let me throw that hard question at you. <laughs> Not really hard. My favorite, I'm just gonna throw one is um I ain't no joke by Rock Kim. <gasps> yes, you That's did. That's my favorite. That's what changed my life. Yes. And I'm gonna briefly say the reason why because it changed the rhythm of hip hop, the way people rap. And um, because back um early days, like um Grandmaster Flash is like uh ha 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 so what the then Run DMC took that further with the um I'm the king of rock. There is none higher. LL kind of veered away from that a little bit and had his own style. Like, um, was that rock the bells? You know, the way that he rhymed on that one. Mm -hmm. But Rock Kim, he mm. was he was one of the first that was rhyming words that weren't supposed to rhyme. I'm pretty yes. sure there were other people that was doing it, but didn't get out there before Rock Kim. But he said, I ain't no joke. I used to let the mic smoke. Now I slam him when I'm done and make sure it's broke. When I'm on, no one gets on because I won't let nobody press up or mess up the scene I set. Before that, nobody was rapping like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so yep. I ain't no joke by Rock Kim. All right. Kenyatta? For me, and I have so many favorites, it just depends on the mood. The one that popped in my head when you asked the question was a Tribe Called Quest, Electric Relaxation. Um, and this is, this is, this is, even though I know it was not geared towards women per se, but it's one I think perked the ears of a lot of, of girls that I knew at the time. He's, he's talking like a regular guy would talk to a girl he's injured, period. And I, I love the conversation because Fife was, both Fife and, and Tip were masters with lyricism, but the way Fife did his part of this song, forget about it. It's <laughs> to this day, I love it. I love it, and it's all it is. He's with the what they used kids. This is what was called macking back in the day uh. when when a young man <laughs> would try to converse with a young lady. He's basically macking on a girl in the song. Yeah, good dope song. Absolutely. And I, I, to this day, I love, I love Tribe. They're one of my favorite hip hop groups of all time, but that song, especially one of my favorites, it's just between the production and the lyrics, the, the, the flow, the lyrics, all of it. Top, and shout out to Q-Chip as one of the best producers out there too. But oh, what yeah. was yours, Jack? I love Regulate by Warren G featuring nice. Nate Dog. I know it was so, a commercial hit, but I don't know. I just, yeah, it's, it's I a, love that. I love record. that. It is. Yeah. It's yep. a dope record. I, I, I don't even see why that record wouldn't be commercial. It's so good. Yeah. Like, yeah. Regulate's just so good. <laughs> if you, rest in peace to Nate Dahl. Um, if you get a chance, Jack, look up, and I'm not sure how you search for it. Somebody took the time and sat down and plotted out that song like literally using the locations that they mentioned in the song, he literally mm -hmm. plots out the entire song where Nate and Warren are going throughout the song where they, Oh, where word? They, yes. Oh, that's badass. I'm yes. going to find that. <laughs> he said they, they saw the girls broke down here and they were on their way to here. And then they went to this motel here. He literally plots the entire song. It is nice. hilarious. 
hilarious. But that, to me, that's a prime example of that storytelling. Um, yeah, yeah. Type of, of of rhyming. They're literally talking about their day. You know, it was a clear yeah, black night. And blah blah blah. Yeah. I'm like, yo, seriously. I'm- I'm serious. I'll be listening to that at work on like a playlist or something. If someone comes and talks to me when they're done, I like have to go back and put it back to the beginning. It's like, you (laughs) ruined my moment. You Uh, fucking asshole. uh, (laughs) Gotta start it over. (laughs) And what was funny is a lot of people don't know that they pulled that first line from like, I don't know, is it a cult classic? Young Guns? They pulled that first line from that movie? Regulate? Yeah. Yeah. Mount up. Like, wow. Yeah, that, um, and one thing about that song is the atmosphere of it. Mm-hmm. It puts you in a mood. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. You just feel that mood, even if you don't even know the lyrics. It's just the mood. Shout out to Michael McDonald for yeah. the, um, the chords and all that. But it's a, it's a great mood. It yeah, is. it absolutely is. That's that's that's. I I love. I especially love the songs that sample from the most um unlikely sources like that's one of them yeah like you know michael mcdonald he's honorary he's blue-eyed soul so you know it's not it's not too much of a stretch but the fact that they pulled the sample from his song to this day i bumped that song anyway but the original or are you talking about no the original yeah i keep forgetting oh yeah oh yeah it's 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 still a classic it still works you can listen to both and still get it um um the same feeling out of it yeah, you can. They're talking about two different things, but it's still the same. It's still the same move. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, definitely that. Definitely. Um, so I think we're we're at the end of our second part. Um, it's great conversation, you guys. Yeah, yeah I wish absolutely. we could get more. There's so much to talk about so hip hop, and it would have to be a year podcast. Yeah. And if we left anybody out as far as certain mentions in hip hop, no disrespect. It's just that. Hey, is we is just so much to talk about. So much. Yeah. We we try to do we try to do it justice, and we hope you did. We hope yeah. we did, listening friends. And if you got through to this point, um, apparently you agree. So we appreciate you coming back, and to tune in for our part two. So this is where we're gonna go ahead and and wrap it up and say a big fat thank you again to our guest Tim. Thanks. Yeah, Tim, with us. could you uh? Throw out anything you would like to plug, pluggables, mm-hmm. Instagram, music, where they can find your music, all of that stuff real quick. Oh, yeah, you can find me at um on all the social media sites like Instagram at Tim Bird Music. Same thing with TikTok at Tim Bird Music. And um that's Bird B-Y-R-D, not B-I. And um, same thing with Facebook. My website, I just uh, is going through a rehaul, so I'm not gonna direct anybody to the website now. So okay. just follow me on on social media at Tim Bird music. Cool. Good deal. Yeah. You want to go ahead and take us out of here, Jack? Sure. As always, we appreciate everybody listening. You know, if it'd be cool if you give us a thumbs up or a like on whatever streaming platform you're on. And if you would like to support us, you can do so at buymeacoffee.com backslash hyperfocus pods. And with that, we say bye. Bye. Peace. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night. <laughs>